Hey, welcome to uh, another conversation. And for this month, we're in the month of February, we're talking about family. Uh, January was all about uh, faith, and this month's all about family. And um, it's just kind of what we're going after in 2021 is faith, family, and future. And I have two amazing, talented, creative, smart, uh, just people in general, but they happen to be youth pastors on our team. And that is just, we're so blessed to have them on our team. I have David and Crystal. Evans from the 217. Mm -hmm. That's right. Hello. Hello. And, uh, we're going to jump into some of these questions. And um, if you're listening to this on podcast or watching on YouTube, thank you for being here. And we're just going to, we're going to dive right in. What I want to know from both of you is let's, let's go back. Let's go back in time. Um, and let's say we all go to high school together. Okay. <laughs> who, who were you? Who would I be running up on if if we had the first day of school? You're sitting next to me in class. What would I see? What who would I be looking at? What would be going on? Who were you guys, David? Who were you at 14 years old? Give me give me a picture, bro. Just think of a ginger Justin Bieber, man. That was me. That was me, man. I had the I had the long flowy hair. Um, and I was like this, I was a soccer player. So you, you, you'd catch me out there, but I was not like, I, I was, um, I was your average guy, like getting into puberty. Like, you know, like my voice was still pretty darn high and I squeaked like every other, every other word. And, um, I was still pretty skinny, which is why I excelled at soccer, you know, um, and uh reasons because you're a pretty freaking good soccer player. well thank, thanks man i appreciate that but um you know i was i was still nice to people um and uh i was still very very nice um pretty outgoing not afraid to talk to people um but uh i was definitely trying to be liked i was i was i was definitely wanted to i wanted to be liked by people and so i was um, always very nice to everybody, even if they were kind of like, obviously not very nice back. Um, I would still be nice to them just because it was, I really, really, I went into high school freshman year, um, with pretty much no friends. My, my, my one best friend that I had made, um, cause I moved to, to the, the town that I lived in, which was Westland. I moved um, right in the middle of middle school, towards the end of middle school. And I really only had one best friend, one friend that I had, and that, and that friend happened to move away before high school. So I came into high school really with no friend group, um, uh, like with me, no squad around me. And so I was just trying to really be liked by everybody, but I was into soccer. Um, and I was just kind of, I had an older sister though. My older sister was already, um, in the high school. And so I kind of felt like I had a little bit of somebody there um, with me, but, uh, but yeah, I was just a guy wanting to have friends and was just nice to everybody. So, but <laughs> I was a late bloomer myself. Hard sure. to believe, uh, but okay. <laughs> well, I like, I like hit my prime, like clearly through puberty at like 18. Really? Yep. Dude, it, like, didn't have like serious armpit hair till like 17. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. No, it was a trip. Look at you now, I'm man. But it was just, oh, beard. <laughs> yeah. but my beard. Yeah. I, like I said, I could not have done this 10 years ago. No <laughs> way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crystal, what about you? First day of school, Crystal comes walking in. What are we seeing? What's going on? Um, I was always really bubbly very kind person. I was friends with a lot of people. I didn't have a lot of enemies just cause like I was very, I, I just wasn't a mean person. Yeah. Um, all of middle school, I was really, really shy, but I just all of a sudden became really extroverted when I was in high school. I was a cheerleader. Um, I did have braces my freshman year and I had a heavy, heavy side bang. Nice. <laughs> I never have again in my life. I honestly looked back at my photos from high school and I was like, wow, I thought I was it. Nice. That is, that's amazing. Okay. Next question. So 
let's say we're David, I'm coming over to your house. It's five o'clock in the afternoon. What's happening in your house growing up? Five, I walk in, who am I seeing? What's going on? What am I smelling? What's yeah. what's happening in your home at five o'clock on an average weeknight? Yeah. Growing up. Okay. So we're thinking like uh we're talking like middle school, elementary school growing up? Or like middle school, high school. Middle school, high school. Yeah. Um, okay, so 5 p.m. Honestly, man, you come, you come into my house uh in the in the fall, nobody's gonna be there. Um, because we had we had fall sports going on. Nike, my older sister. She was, she was playing volleyball. I was playing soccer. Mom was working at the hospital. Dad was, uh, dad was, uh, was a, basically a principal at the time. He was a teacher doing stuff. And so no one would be home at that time in the fall, but come winter time when uh, sports were done, you come at, at home at 5 PM. It would probably just be me and my sister um, just hanging out. I'd probably just be doing homework. I, I, I grew up in, uh, in a home. My dad was a, was a, was a teacher, was a teacher first in high schools. So he taught high school English for a long time before, um, getting his admin license and becoming a principal, but it was just like a general expectation, um, that, uh, you were going to get good grades and stay on top of homework and stuff. And so I was pretty early on, pretty independent, just knew that I had to be on top of homework and stuff. That was just the expectation in our home. And so, 5 p.m. I'm still probably finishing up some geometry uh, like and just doing some homework kind of getting away from that. I probably didn't usually finish homework until about seven o'clock. Um, I had banana muffins like every single week. Uh, that was definitely my snack of choice. And I made those myself, found the recipe, made them. Um, and depending on the night of the week, uh, I had to cook dinner once a week. So if you came on like a Thursday night, that was usually my day of the week that I had to cook uh, for the family. <laughs> you might catch me in the kitchen making some grilled cheese or something like that. Uh, that, that, that was, that, that'd probably be me growing up. Uh, middle school, same deal. Um, middle school, 5 p.m., not much homework then. I grew up in Bend. And so you're getting out. I was getting outside a lot. I'd be riding Mount, I'd be riding bikes, building a tree fort, like out in a forest area, like by my house and just getting slivers, crashing on my bike, breaking bones. That's, that was my life in middle school growing up in Bend, but high school was definitely more homework, dinner, just kind of hang out in the house. So. Pretty sick. Uh, for myself, to be honest, I wasn't home often. Like I would be at a friend's place. A lot of times it'd be practice or a game that was happening. That was a trailer. And we'd go to like any and every single sports game that we could go to. Um, but the times that I was home, honestly, everybody was just in their room doing their own thing. My family didn't have much like relational culture built into us. We were very private. Like, so the only time like family time we had is when we had dinner and Honestly, the conversations that would happen at dinner were mostly business because my mom owned a business and she had a business partner. And honestly, it would be mostly that kind of talk, not like new things happening at school. Like, yeah, we wouldn't know much about each other's lives. It's kind of interesting thinking about it and thinking out loud. It's like, we're all kind of like roommates, mm -hmm. roommates in the same house. But that was my life. Yeah, I lived a lot, like hiding in my room, doing my own thing. I was like, accountable to myself and like very independent. Like if I wanted good grades, it was something that I wanted. It wasn't something that like my mom kind of instilled in me or like if I wanted to be involved in stuff, I would have to have the initiative and the motivation to do it myself. Wow. That's amazing. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know if I would've got good grades if my my mom and dad had how, I wasn't, I'm not that smart of a, like I was in, I was still in the freshman reading class as a junior. And it was just brutal. Well, look and, at me now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look at me now, I guess. Yeah, look at me now. But, um, okay. Let's fast forward to last year, 2020. You all, you're watching this, you lived through it. And, 
as a youth ministry or kind of having this conversation, you know, we were ambushed. We're just attacked from so many different ways. And if you stay in the same place, you're going to get taken out. If you just sit there and just keep taking the onslaught of, of negative, it's going to eventually overwhelm you and take you out. So when you're getting ambushed, we, we pick three targets and we just move forward. So we picked faith family forever. What, what were some ways just talking about you guys, your home, um, 2020, what were some ways you guys were ambushed in 2020? That's a great question. Um, I think, uh, can you think of something specific at the, at this moment? Then I, I was gonna say I think um, I think practically for us we got married uh, July 2019, and uh, so we had been married only I think five. We'd been only only married five months before 2020 hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were hired on as youth pastors in October of 2019. So oh, July. August, September, we were married for two, two months, essentially, um, little two and a half months before we got hired on to our first role as being youth pastors, which was always, always in our heart to do. We just had never done it like really before in the past. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think to answer your question on how were we ambushed in 2020, um, I think we can attribute some of that just to sort of some of the first year stuff first year first year on staff first year being married i think was just also just a big way i think the i think there's a very very real enemy out there that wants to that wants to split up couples and wants to split up families and um i think crystal and i were just tried in a lot of ways like um our our job schedules really completely flipped um crystals and, and when you're married uh you know this you and you and maddie but when you're married and you don't even have work schedules that complement each other at all you don't see you don't see each other except for maybe two or three hours a day max um for and sometimes less than that sometimes crystal's job as huge of a blessing as it has been um sometimes it would it would take her away for weeks at a time and and so i think just the enemy just saw just thought that he saw a um an opportunity to really uh try to get us to lash out against each other and um and to really get us to lash out on frustrations, whether it was frustrations out from work, work related, um, family related, uh, the enemy just really tried to pit us against each other and um, in every way possible. And of course, just, um, I was told this before we got married that marriage really kind of brings a lot of things to the surface that um, you maybe didn't really address um, when you were, single or engaged and um and so i'll just i can speak for myself that lots of stuff was brought to the surface wow for me as a husband i really need to make these adjustments and these changes and so um i think just feeling ambushed like was just our first year of marriage Mm -hmm. was tested and um was definitely a a test for us and that's just one way i'm what you think yeah i have to agree with that like in general, I feel like people say like the first year of marriage is like one of the hardest ones, but like imagine doing it in COVID and like not really because you have two jobs and you like weren't able to do one of those jobs during that time. And I went from being part time to being like full time overload and like because I'm a nanny. So I would sometimes um, my boss would have to go on trips. So I'd have to stay with the kids overnight. And so I'd be away from David for like weeks at a time. And so literally our whole life just kind of flipped over we didn't our first year of marriage definitely didn't look how we expected and hoped it would just out of like covid not being able to hang out with friends and family and do like the regular gatherings annual gatherings that we're used to as a church um i think that was one of the biggest things and just like feeling like we just had to like put our head down and just keep moving forward yeah yeah i think just 
what was ambushed was our expectation. I think we had an expectation of like, oh, like 2020 is going to look this way. I think everybody, everybody oh had gosh, expectations yeah. of 2020. And even us as, as, as youth pastors, like, oh, like this is be our first like start in, of a new year. And we're youth pastors over like an amazing campus. And we're going to have like our first conference as youth pastors, our first prime. We're going to have camp for the first time. And like, and so I think we kind of had like these sort of dreams and expectations of what our first year was going to look like in, mm-hmm. in this role. And it just, um, it just, it just flipped and, you know, it was com- completely not what we expected. And I think when um, that was just something that was, I was ambushed. And when you're, cause when our expectations weren't necessarily met, it kind of makes you question like a lot of makes you question, well, why did we do this in the first place? Or is this really where God has us or is this is this really something that honestly with it for me i was like is this really something that i can take and something that mm-hmm. i can do i questioned my capacity i questioned my um my capability to even do it um so i was ambushed <laughs> in, in faith i was ambushed like in a lot of different different areas just from we also moved like in, <laughs> it, we also moved in 2020 as well and so I think that was just just a couple a couple of things that come to mind first. So that's a year, bro. Yeah, that's, that's married eight weeks, and then boom, <laughs> full time ministry like going crazy, mm-hmm. and then well part time, but you're given a ton of hours, and then COVID hit, and oh, bro. That's your first year of ministry, first year of marriage during COVID. That's a lot, dude. <laughs> that is, that is, God bless you. God bless you. That, that is, that is a <laughs> to you guys. Cause that's a, that's a lot when I sit and think about it. Cause I, I, I mean, I walked with it. I walked through you guys with it, but sitting back and listening and thinking back of like, yeah, you know, like March, March, April, May, June. Oh, wow. God, that was like, you know what I mean? I'm like, shoot, that's insane. So yeah, props to you guys. Um, okay, let's let's go back a little bit. Now you're a little older. You're married. You've been through some tough times. What, looking back on your family, what, what have you learned? What, what are you, how are you seeing your, your family different? So you, as a kid, you grow up, you think about your family as like, like Crystal, what you said, we were kind of like roommates, but now I look back and I learned blank, you know, like we look back, I was, we were a sports family, athletic family, busy, but now that you're older, wiser, smarter, bigger, better, stronger. (laughs) Yeah. Looking back, what, What's the difference? What is your perspective different? Um, in uh, in sort of every area, kind of like a general overview, or is there like a specific specific thing about like family that maybe I didn't see beforehand that I can kind of see now, or do you mean just yeah. in a general sense? Like if like if 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 we were fourteen years old. We're hanging out. I'm like, dude, tell me about your family. Gotcha. You. I already answered that. Gotcha. But now, how would you answer that question looking back? Yeah. Um, I would say um, my my family is, is full of some very, very hardworking and independent people. Um, each and every single one. Um, my mom is brilliant and incredibly hard worker and my dad is also brilliant and probably one of the hardest workers I, I know um, and my sister is very very driven uh, didn't need m- much coaxing to go to George Fox University and she's now an, she's now an, she went through a nursing program like in, and is now a full-time nurse at a hospital um, I think just growing up i had i had some very very loving parents and very very smart parents but i think there was i think there was this 
um, independent, like there's, there was this independence for each person in the family. And I think in sometimes that would, that may have felt cold in some ways, um, or not quite as warm, uh, or as, as inviting or as, uh, it, it maybe didn't feel like a space where I could be completely honest and transparent without feeling judged. Um, and I know a lot of that disposition is, is, is on, it's, it was my perception at the time, despite maybe how many times my mom or dad may have reached out to me to be, to, to try to get me to open up. I felt and my perception was that, uh, I, um, I could trust them, but I didn't want to, I, I know I could, but I didn't want to, I knew they loved me, but I still hid stuff. I knew that they would always love me, but I like, didn't believe it. it almost in a way it's like, I literally probably convinced myself that like, I know my parents have told me a million times, we'll always love you. We'll always love you. But I just believed when I was younger that if they actually saw like, the mistakes that I was making or the stuff that I was doing that I would be, I'll be pushed away, which they never did. Um, but, um, I think there was just really just this independence Nike left Nike left to go to college, um, starting my junior year of high school. And my mom is working throughout the day, at the hospital and my dad is doing school stuff and both of them aren't really getting back home until like six or seven. A lot of it was me at home by myself. Um, and, uh, kind of feeling kind of alone, to be honest. Um, again, briefly mentioned, just had some sort of friend struggles, kind of finding my friend group, um, in the first few years of high school, didn't really land on a friend group until I was a junior, honestly, a senior in high school. So the first few years of high school were definitely really, really lonely and honestly kind of dangerous because um, in those in those years of being kind of alone, um, it's it, it, there's lots of opportunities for you to do stuff that no one really knows about, talk, have conversations with people that you wouldn't normally have, like on my phone, texting and stuff. And so it was just I really felt like I was on my own and I began to like, I began to really like that and crave my independence, but I think it led me to having some too much freedom. Um, and, uh, and I took that upon myself, but, um, no, I think I had a, I was very, very blessed with the parents that I had, but, um, it, I think at times it definitely felt cold and not quite so warming, very, pretty strict that the expectations were really clear, um, were really, really clear. I never really invited any friends over um, to my house um, just because, and I've told, I've told my, my dad this, I, I never felt comfortable having my friends over. I was always kind of scared that my friends weren't going to feel comfortable at home. Again, not because my parents like fought in front of them or anything like that, but I just had this disposition that like my home is not laid back enough or we're almost too too upright in a way. And so um, that's kind of how I, how I felt. So gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, a little preface to my background story. Um, I grew up, my mom is a single woman, mother, raised me and my brother. Um, growing up, she worked a lot. She had her day job and then she also had a business that she would work on mm -hmm. at nights. And so she wouldn't be home. So my grandma was the one who was at home kind of take care, taking care of my brother and I. Um, and because of that, growing up, not really seeing my mom a lot at home in high school and middle school, I had a lot of bitterness towards my mom. Yeah. I think towards the end of my high school years, when she tried to be more open or like tried to have me be more open with her, I was like completely closed off. Like you don't deserve this right of me being open with you. Like now you want to try and be a mom to me. I had this very like prideful thought. It was very like walls up. Like I'm like. In high school, I literally, my plan was graduate high school and like move to like the East Coast because I wanted to be like as far away from my family as possible and like not have like any relationship. Literally in high school, I remember thinking like, I want to cut off my family after I graduate. Wow. I don't care if I never have a relationship with them ever again. Wow. And I think it was right after I graduated high school and I was in college, I like 
God, I've been going through my journey walking with God since like eighth grade, really though, my junior year of high school and on. And after I graduated, God was like, Hey, I know it's tough, but like, I'm going to do some healing in you and your family, but you're also going to have to like, you're, I've called you to this family for a reason. And that was hard for me. Cause I was like, I have so much hurt and anger towards my family. Like, I don't want to, my healing is to get away from them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, God, are you sure? Um, so I literally have a tattoo on my arm. That's CR, which is my maiden name is Ramirez. So my maiden name initials were CR and my brother has the same initials. My mom has the same initials and my grandma has the same initials. So that's like my core family. And so when I think about like present day me, adult crystal, looking back, it's like, we have made leaps and bounds. I never would have expected me and my family to do. Like I always said, like, I didn't, in high school, I didn't think my mom was my mom. I didn't look at her that way. I didn't like love her that way. And it took until college to realize like, I may not be able to go to my mom the way that I wish I could have in high school, but I still love her and she's still my mom. And God has blessed me with people in my life to like be those adult in advice and mentor people and love me in that kind of way. And it, like now I have a great relationship with my mom, like, which is incredible to think about. Like it took a lot of hard years and work. And I wish I could like look at Crystal in high school who thought she was like, the black sheep in her family because she was the only one that went to church and the only one that was trying to do this good stuff in her life and look at her and be like i know you're feeling a lot of pain but there's people around you you have a church around you that's going to help you get through it and you're going to be strong enough and relationships are going to get better like don't live in this place of emotions and feelings like you're alone don't live in this place of feelings of like your family doesn't love you because you're different or they don't understand the way that you think um i wish i could look at her and be like it's hard, but it's all going to be worth it. Like, don't just give up on your family. Don't give up on church just because they don't understand it. But like, com- continue to find those places where you have strength and like, lean onto those, continue to lean onto God, continue to lean onto your like, your connect group and like your pastors and everything. Because once you get like out of high school, out of college, you get into this different playing field with your family and it can bring a lot of healing. Yeah. Wow, thanks for sharing all that. That's awesome. So let's now read kind of fast forward again to 20, 2020 and now. What are some what are some decisions that you guys make? Like for us in our home, we are going to blank. Like they're just kind of core things. It could be decisions you guys make or habits you guys have or rules that you give yourselves like what what to create the environment you guys are in right now what are some of the things that you're like man our home our family we try and do the best we can to do boom 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 and just kind of like give me a picture of that um honestly at the end of the day to me it's like are we honoring god and like are we loving people and loving god loving people and loving ourselves the way that god intended us to and like, if it doesn't fit in those circles, like then we need to adjust some things like, oh, are we not loving each other the way that God intended us to like, okay, why are we not loving each other that way? Is it because of work? Is it because of our schedule finances and like realize what those things are that are tethering us apart? Um, I feel like that's like my basic answer for all the areas of my life. I'm like, okay, I'm like back to God. Like at the end of the day, I'm like, is this something that God wants me to do? Is this something that God has just trusted me to do? Um, realize, honestly, thinking like, are there some battles in my life that I'm fighting that I don't need to fight? I think is a big one. It's like, am I just wasting energy fighting for something that I don't think God has called me to fight? And kind of realize like, okay, like, okay, what are the passions and the things that God has put in our lives to be like, this is what we have to give our energy to. Like, we know God has called us to be youth pastors at Mana House 217. And that's what we're going to put our energy towards because like, at the end of the day, I think once we are functioning in that place, we feel fulfilled. <laughs> like David will meet with some students. I'll meet with some students. And it's like, wow, we feel that energy that God's given us and that like anointing that wow, God wants us to be in this place. Mm-hmm. And it's so much easier living life that way than living life in a place like I'm trying to make it happen. This is what I want to do. This is like how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. 
think I think I just I just agree with a lot with what Crystal said. Um, I think in our home we want our home to be as welcoming as it can be. Um, mm-hmm. For for it doesn't matter your background. Like um, I think just what I think what Crystal and I both really have is we both have like this 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 love and this passion for family mm-hmm. and um and our our extended family kind of in particular and i think crystal and i both definitely have a heart for the non-churched people non-churched people our age non-churched students um i would say for myself it's it's it, it's it's really influenced a lot about how how a lot a lot the way the way that i talk to people the way i talk to students the way I dress and um, and I think even just the way that Crystal and I even interact with brand new believers to non-believers, we want them to feel completely welcome in our home. And, and, and we, we also take pride in exampling what health, healthy relationship mm-hmm. looks like. We even know some of that, we know that we we are, um, in a, in a way, a a a father and mother role to a couple of people like like really really close to us and um, who have not grown up into the church at all. And so, we always want in our home we want people to to feel relaxed. We want them to feel like they can be in their own skin, like they can be relaxed in their own skin, um, and not that they have to put on any kind of a performance talk a certain way um or anything like that i think you'll find um crystal and i to be some of the most real raw and sometimes like too raw like um people like that you talk to we i I know i have a tendency to like overshare and to um over disclose um like stuff so um but uh i think really we just want a, a home that's like totally transparent mm-hmm. and uh we fight for transparency between us yeah um and we really hope that everyone who comes into our home feels that they can do that mm-hmm. in an environment that's grace-filled and um and, yeah. and 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 so yeah that's amazing man you guys are all stars um so now looking back again to back what would be some like positive character traits that you got from your family? Like what would be some things that like, dude, this, my family made me in this way. What would be some of those? My mom, like I said, she was a single parent um, and she had her own business. She always made a way for me and my brother. Like no matter what it was, she made a way for me to go to Christian school, even though my family wasn't really Christian. She knew that was a big desire for me. She like adjusted finances. She made a way for me to have that. And I think from her, I get this crazy work ethic that like just keeps going. Um, she doesn't give up. Like if she sets her mind to something, like I can see the determination on her face that she's going to like literally see it on her face that she's going to get it done no matter what it is. And I think that's something incredible. Um, I think I also got got that my can do attitude. And also, um, she's very, my mom is very generous and I think she never, it's really hard for her to see somebody as too far gone mm-hmm. and she will like, yeah, I, my home has been a home for a lot of like, um, cousins. My home has been a home for a lot of my brother's friends. And like, she's always like made space for them. Even if we lived in a three bedroom house, she always like, we brought in two or three more cousins to live with us. And yeah. like, she always like made space and like wouldn't give up on people. And I think that's something that it's really, really hard. And even at the end of the day, I don't think I give up on people. I still leave space for people to like come back and have hope for people. I think I carry a lot of that, that my mom has. Yeah. That's really true. Um, I would just say, um, some of the positive things I got from my family. Um, a little bit of background in my family uh, to sort of understand kind of why I'm the way that I am and why they are the way that they are. Um, my uh, my parents had my older sister. There's only two, my sister and myself. They had my older sister when they were 17 and had me when they were 19. And at that young age, they've been, they've still been married like since they, since, since then. And 
uh, but just they've they've been they've they being so young they had to work so hard mm -hmm. to provide for my sister and I Trent you knew my parents like back when they were in their early 20s um, mid 20s even and uh, your dad was my first group leader yeah and just <laughs> Like I, I take so much pride in my parents and what they pulled off. Mm -hmm. Like the first five years of my life, I think is, is crazy. Um, I could definitely go into the story of what they did. This is not a story about them, but I think <laughs> what I've gained from them though, and, and just in respect to my, to my dad and my mom is also just a work ethic. Um, I think it's just a, it's also just a personal responsibility. I think what I gained and what I saw from them was they were always on top of their job. They were like, never, never seemed to be late going to work. They were like, they were just super responsible and they were, they had, they had, like I said, kind of earlier, they had motivation and drive. And just, I think I definitely got that from them. I think also the way that I, I saw them handle finances um, in a very um, cautious way. Like what I saw, what I saw was them being very like intentional with everything that they did as intentional as they could be. Um, and I think it was never, there was never frugal spending that, that, that happened. And I just, I, the reason I say that is they, they may disagree with me, but I just know I, the way I think about finances now is because of how they, of how I was raised by them. And, and Chris and I would both say like, we both are very, very kind of careful with the money that we have. And, um, and we both gained, we both got that, received that from how we were raised. And so I think I got that from them as well. So that's awesome. So talk to me a little bit, talk to that kid, that student, that teenager, a young adult, a person, anyone can watch this. Um, and they don't have, family, spiritual family, spiritual covering, because you're saying like, you know, the church will get you through it. You know, what, I want you both to take a minute to answer. What would be, what are you missing when you don't have family? So much. <laughs> um, like I like kind of started going to church by myself and it was a fear that I would I would literally get anxious and have like, I look at looking back at it now, I had like panic attacks if mm -hmm. I didn't have somebody to sit next to mm -hmm. because like most families on Sundays, it's like you sit together and I'm like, I don't have a family. I don't have like, who am I going to sit with at church? And the way I got connected and the way I got family is hard is being open and vulnerable with people. Mm. Like I had to be, open and vulnerable with my connect group leader, which I was so thankful. And it was like literally God because she didn't come from a Christian home either. And mm -hmm. like, so I was able to relate with her and she would go to church on Sundays by herself and she would save me a seat. Mm -hmm. That like meant the world to me, mm -hmm. I cried. <laughs> but like, and through that, it's like, then I would be more open with my pastors and they would open up a new thing and like, just choosing to be vulnerable, which can be so hard, but at the end of the end of the day, it's going to be rewarding. Like mm -hmm. it's going to connect you to people and it's going to connect you to people that care. And it's just like, I got connected with so many families and like so many people that like love and care about me that I like during high school, I was like, I don't have any of this. But once I started to be open with people, I was blown away mm -hmm. by the relationship that came from the church. I got support. I got advice like to be honest I wouldn't go to my mom for a lot of advice because a lot of her advice would tend to be like very selfish and very like someone insults you you insult them back 10 times harder or like mm -hmm. leave someone in your life like who cares and like just that whole kind of thing mm -hmm. and I I knew that wasn't right but I still needed other people to guide me in that so that's where my pastor is and like went to a Christian school and teachers and my friends, parents really, really influenced my life. And I was so thankful that I did that, but I also had to go out and find it 
-hmm. like people will come to you and like you'll have those opportunities to get a connect group and do that but if people don't know that you're hurting they can't be there for you if people don't know that you people don't people a lot of people didn't know that my family wasn't christian a lot of people didn't know how broken my home was until i let them know and with that came this amazing love and support of like hey we're here for you like we're gonna help you in these areas and like come over on these holidays if you want and like had these open doors because they realized like mm -hmm. key places in my life wow um, when you don't have family, I think you're really alone. Um, I, I, a different upbringing than Crystal, I grew up in the church and, uh, grew up going to camps, going, my parents were leaders in the youth ministry and they helped out, uh, all over the place. And, uh, just, they were faithful servants and they were generous with their time and how they did everything. So I grew up in the church and I, and I, and I was, just blessed with the family that I had, but something Crystal said was really pretty key is, um, is it like, I was the person to push family away. Um, specifically a church family. And we talk about that and we we say that term like church family. And in this context, we're talking about like, um, the bot, like the, the church people in the church who you, they could be a father figure, a brother figure, a sister figure, a mother figure, a grandma, a grandpa. Um, they like the people in the church become that sort of family. But I think for me, I pushed that away. And because I wasn't vulnerable, like Crystal said, um, I think what, what does your world look like when you don't have family? I think it looks really dark and I think it looks really, really, really alone. Uh, when I was in high school, especially, um, just never, I never chose to, it's funny that, I, that like I'm a youth pastor, that we are youth pastors now, but um, when I was in high school, this was the very last, this is the last job on the plant that I wanted to have. I told my dad that straight up when we were on a run together. Um, and I just didn't want anything to do with the church family. I'd be nice to them. I put on a face like for them, like kind and respectful, like, but I didn't want really anything to do with them because I pushed them away. I was too scared to let them into my life. I thought that I had to, I thought I had to keep up this persona and this, this image. I was very, very image concerned, like, especially growing up in the church. I just thought that I need to, I need to uphold this image of, and my, I'm going to church every single Sunday to youth every single Wednesday night. Like I should look and think and act this way. And, and so I didn't act or think or look that way at school. And so I really was constantly focusing on my image, whether it was at church in front of my church family or at school in front of my school family or at home in front of my family family. And it, it ultimately just drove me to like a really, really dark place um, of, of depression and self-harm and just a variety of things. And so I think when you, when I think you can, I, I think there's two things. I think you can have family taken away from you. And I think mm -hmm. you can also push, push family away. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, uh, I think the, the second one pushing family away, I think that can almost be more, um, it, you're, you're only doing, only hurting yourself more, um, that way. Cause church family, we're not perfect, but you know, if there is something that we do try to do is we try to always be there and try to always be gracious and loving. Mm -hmm. And so Crystal has just uh, had an incredible story about what she was, but what she found, you know, um, and what she opened herself up to, um, growing up. And for me, I took it for granted. I think it's really easy if you grow up in family to take family for granted has been um and even growing up in church take church for granted that's one of the things where crystal helps me understand so much when it comes to understanding people um or understanding church is if you've had something your entire life you take it for granted and um and so i think i definitely took took church for for um what am i trying to say i took it took i took church for granted i took church for granted and i took the people and the pastors, I took my, the pastors in my life for granted. I wish that I, I wish that I would have 
um, not done that. And uh, when I had really a, a great family, um, almost at my just like at my disposal in, in a sense, if that makes if that makes sense. Yeah, it's amazing. What would you guys say? So we we go to Manor House. It's a large church, spread over three states. I hear it on the regular. You guys have been here longer than me. I'm pretty sure you've heard it on the regular. I hear people say, I can't find community. Like I can't find my my people. And and Crystal, you you know, you mentioned you know, you gotta open up, be vulnerable. I want you guys to to share and talk to those people who are attached to Mana House but don't feel like they're part of the lifeblood, the family, the community. Because we we went through it, we moved here, and it took it really took two and a half years to find our our crew, to find like who are our people. And 2020 showed you who your people were, the people that you were spending time with, and and that you really spent time with. And um, we were just we're really blessed by being surrounded by some amazing people. And um, but it just took time and like you said it took vulnerability took spending time with people and uh just going there and saying what needed to be said and what um what would you guys tell those people who who are attached to manor house here of manor house or their church they're at they're there they don't feel like they're a part of the in crowd or the click or they don't feel like they're a part of the people who are close to the pastor they just don't feel like they're in on it what what would you say to those people looking for family inside of church serve (laughs) i think i serve and like if there was any event that i could like get my hands on like i would want to be there i just serve on worship i would serve in middle school i would serve in the cafe and that just automatically connected me with people because we were doing the same thing together we were on teams together um and that's for me speaking to high school crystal we went through another being vulnerable and getting to know people when we transitioned to 217 because i was originally from rocky butte like got saved at rocky butte been there for i think almost 10 years and then we go to 217 where i don't know that many people and being an adult and having to be vulnerable and like, <laughs> like humble yourself it's hard. is hard <laughs> um but with that, it just took your, I think right now, a lot of people are so used to social media and honestly, if you want to use social media as like mm-hmm. a tool, follow people. Like mm-hmm. if you just meet someone, you're like, Hey, nice to meet you. Like I'm getting to know people. Like, like what's your Instagram follow people. Cause let me tell you, you will start so many conversations through Instagram. Like people post something about like their life and their story. Like, oh, that's a cute jacket. Or like, oh, I love that place. We should go there somewhere. Like we have a friend who like, she loves to thrift. And I'm like, you got to take me with you. And we can do all these thrifting DIYs. And like, I think social media can be an absolute great tool and it can make it a very easy conversation starter. That's awesome. That's really good. Um, I would say, uh, to the people, something you something you specifically said stood out to me, and uh, um, to the people who have been going to their church um, for a long time, but who still feel like they don't belong, like they don't, um, or they're not. You even said if they're not necessarily in the quote unquote clique that they want to be a part of. Um, one, my heart goes out to you. Um, and that's a cheesy thing to say, but um, I know what that's like um, to uh, to feel like you're trying. And, and it's and it's it's weird saying that from like a position of like, wow, now we're youth pastors. And but but I was that guy, um, just really just like trying to work hard, work hard, and put on a face and be happy and work hard and and even serve, like even serve and just be happy and be happy, but still feeling like is it not enough? Like, am I not serving enough to, to, to be on your call list, to be invited over to a friend's like friends, like a group of friends. Like I was that guy that would be like, okay, I'm going to like reach out and be friendly and be happy and stuff. And then on snap, like I see those people that I've been intentionally working to 
to, to be friends with, hanging out with another group of people. And I just had like a serious like issue of like FOMO, like all the time. And I think if, if, and I'm not trying to just like boil everything down to FOMO, but if you like really like, if for me, I had a fear of really missing out. Like I'm not with that people. I'm not with that group that I want to be with or that team. Like I'm just, I'm not in, I'm not in, I'm not in. I think if you're kind of caught, like I was in that like thinking, then honestly the trick for me was to delete snap. So I wasn't like looking at what other people were doing all the time. And instead I just, I had to embrace what was right in front of me. And that was kind of hard and sad because I had this, like, I had this picture of like, oh, I want to look like this and have these kind of friends and, and get here. And I want to be a part of this group in, in this community. And it's, I think there's, there's, there's realities that we hope for. And then there's aspirational realities, which is realities that we actually hope exist, but actually don't exist. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's a really hard truth to come to sometimes, but I've found that as long as I'm still, if I'm always wanting to be with other people, one, I, I know that there's actually people right around me who like would want to hang out with me, who would want to have like that community with me, who, if, if I'm, and I, I think also for me, it's also like a heart check. I'm like, why do I so badly want to be a part of that? that group why is that so so important to me but um so i think i kind of spoke to two sides one side maybe check maybe you just have to check your heart why do i want to be a part of that specific group but even in the mid you've been trying super hard or just coming to church i think being on a team is a huge key mm -hmm. um we're on teams serving together in the trenches it bonds you together and uh it's a very very easy way to be doing stuff on a weekly or monthly basis and you see people and it takes time to, to get to know people um and uh, just don't give up pray <laughs> so mm. so good hey i want to thank you guys hey tell people if you're listening to this and you are a student in portland you need to go to one of their house parties you need to go to one of their groups if you're a youth pastor and you're listening to this you need to follow them on instagram where can people find you like if i wanted to like kind of see your guys's world what Instagrams do I need to follow? What do I need to do? At Mana House Youth underscore 217, but also um, at Crystal Mariah, M-A-R-I-A-H, as in Mariah Carey, uh, with two underscores. Link in the, the bio end. of whatever this is. Two underscores at the end. Yeah. Can't miss those. They blend in. Um, and then it's, it's, I don't have a life on Instagram, so don't follow me. <laughs> I probably post more about his life. Yeah, she does. does. Um, yeah, follow us there. <laughs> Check us out on those, on those Instagrams, our youth Instagram. Instagram. My Instagram is David underscore Jeremiah. That's my, that's my Instagram. You're welcome to follow and engage. Check out our youth page. Um, that's about it. That's all you can find us. I'm not on LinkedIn. I'm not there. Uh, I have a LinkedIn. She has a LinkedIn. <laughs> you have a linkedin yeah i've never on it that's <laughs> why i have like three emails so it's attached to one of my emails that i never check and and it's like when i when i randomly go check that email it is just linkedin spammed like like so and so gave you like a mark for whatever like so <laughs> it is linkedin is just i guess if you're in the business world it makes sense but yeah I just, I don't think I am. I might be, but I don't think I am. I, I've never even, never even touched that one. I'll use it later in life. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But no, thank you, Trent. Thanks for, thank so um, thanks for asking these questions. And thank you to everybody who watched, um, who chooses to watch this. Um, we're just, we hope you guys got something out of it. So. It's awesome. Deuces. <laughs>